Welcome to Courage to Create, a podcast for those choosing to live and lead from heart, soul, and desire. I'm your host, Claudia Whitney, a certified hypnotherapist and life and business coach for women. And I'm obsessed with supporting you on your path to living a more abundant, expanded life of purpose. I believe we were born to go big, and each week you'll hear inspiring interviews from passionate souls that dare to create their bold stories. And it's my hope that after hearing stories of truth, courage, and desire, you'll feel called to rewrite a part of your story that may be holding you back from living a life of your wildest dreams. Hey guys, I'm so excited about today's episode. First of all, it's the first official interview for Courage to Create. And second, I have my friend on, Evan Rose, and her boyfriend, Alex Terranova. And I asked them to be on the show because of their love story. It's not your typical romance novel, and it took a lot of courage on both of their parts to create what they have today. So let me tell you a little bit more about Evan and Alex. Evan Rose is a self-love and empowered dating coach who has supported countless women over the years in finding love and creating thriving relationships through her signature course, Wake Up Your Worth, Love Life Coaching, and Sisterhood Retreats. So I met Evan here in LA and fell in love with her instantly. And if you follow her and you watch her stories, she's on there always giving tips and tricks and helpful advice to women that are out there dating. And you know how it is when your friend meets somebody. It's an exciting time. So I'm going to tell you about Alex, her boyfriend. Alex Terranova is an elite performance coach who supports his clients to take their lives and businesses to the next level. He's also a two-time author, podcast host, and doting partner to Evan. So in the summer of 2021, Alex created a unique and bold process to find love and he called it the Tulum Dating Adventure Experiment. And it worked better than he could have ever imagined, because now Alex and Evan, you know, they met, they fell in love in Tulum, and they've even co-created a program for others out there called Your Love Adventure, which you'll hear about in the interview. And it's a new and powerful way to help those seeking love to create fun, expansion, and deep connection in the process. So we talk about a lot in the podcast. You'll definitely hear their story. And we talk about things like getting out of your comfort zone and taking action that's next level and expansive and how to surrender, worthiness, how to know if something is for you or not, and so much more. So after you listen, let me know what you think. You can DM me at with.claudiawhitney on Instagram. And I'd also be so happy if you shared this podcast with anyone you think would love to hear inspiring stories of courage. And one more thing before we get on with it, I have a retreat coming up in June at Joshua Tree. It's called the Woman Unleashed Retreat. And out of all the retreats I've done in my time, which I've been doing retreats for like 15 years, I'm probably the most excited about this one. It's going to be an in-person, intimate experience for the woman that is ready to journey to her bold, empowered, next-level self. So the venue is incredible. The sisterhood will be like no other. We'll have guest teachers doing their thing, 
a private chef cooking delicious and nourishing meals. And okay, I'm not going to give it all away. Just know that this will be a life-changing experience. And if this is calling you, let's talk. You can email me or DM me. You'll find the links in the show notes. All right, enjoy the interview. Today, I have Evan and Alex, Evan Rose and Alex Terranova. And the reason why I invited you both today, well, first of all, I, I do want to mention that this is the first episode, well, the first interview that I'm doing for Courage to Create. And I was reflecting, Evan, and when I did my first interview series called Live on Purpose, you were my first interview. You're right. Oh my gosh. That's so special. How, how full circle. I know. So you're my first interview. And I remember I was so nervous to like go over time that I ended up cutting the interview way short and not asking <laughs> everything. And I listened back to it. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, so I have a little bit more experience and I'm excited for this interview. So thank you for being here, the both of you. I'm never anybody's first. Well, first, let me explain the reason why I wanted to have you both on the show. This show is called Courage to Create, and you have this amazing story of how you met and how you created this, um, what you're going to talk about very soon, this little uh, experiment that you created to meet each other. And it took a lot of courage. You had to do something different and you had to be bold. And this is what this podcast is all about. It's like, how do we step into that version of ourselves that's willing to like do the thing, to get the thing that we want, to have the, the life that we want, the partner, the money, whatever it is. And you totally did that. You're perfect examples. And it's a beautiful story. And so I think I just want to start with that. The first thing I would say is as a coach, I have to be and do what I say and what I work with clients on, right? Like I can't be sitting here living this ordinary, basic, scared, not creating life, and then be trying to stand for other people to make their lives happen. Because I really do believe that our lives are a product of our beliefs, our actions, our thoughts, our words. And obviously we live in a world where some people have to do more or overcome more to achieve what other people have a little bit easier. But if you sit on a couch all day and wish for love or money or success and eat sandwiches, none of those things are going to happen. You got to do, you have to take some action. You have to manifest and create something. And what I noticed in my own life was in all these areas, I was doing that in my business. I was building it. I was taking, I was, I was working on my thoughts and my words and taking the actions in my, in my money life. I was doing that in my home life, but in my dating and relationship life, that actually wasn't happening. I was doing the same things that I did my whole life, but with like a little more consciousness, maybe. So I was on the apps. I was going to bars. Dating was Dating in my 20s had always been fun. And then by the time I was in my 30s, dating became almost like a chore, a thing that I had to do. Now, there were moments where it was really fun, right? Like wild nights and good times. But a lot of just eh, dates and, and not that. And, and what I noticed was I was getting the same results over and over again. So very intelligent, very amazing women that were not good matches for me and often not good matches for the, for the same types of reasons that would show up around six months or a, t a year, we figure that out, not right up front. And having this realization, it made me go, well, if I approach dating like I approach anything else with intention, with support, with community, 
uh, with, with clear direction, what might happen. Now, it wasn't that perfectly thought out when I did this, but in having this kind of drunken conversation with my cousin in Santa Barbara, it was like, well, what if we created something and you picked who I dated, right? Like I had my, my, my friend or my, my cousin, who was my friend, pick for me. And this was a joke. She was like, I'll pick who you date. Like, I think I could do that well, right? Like who wouldn't want to do that for their friends? And quickly, this silly, drunken conversation became other friends were like, I want to play. And I then decided, well, why don't they pick who goes on this trip with me? Now, it wasn't just a, a trip that I already had planned, but the intention was, let's have them pick who goes on this excursion to Tulum for two weeks, not a day or two, but two weeks to another country in the hopes of seeing if we could actually create a match based on this intentionality. Mm -hmm. So we expand, we took the bachelor apps and expanded it. And then the catch was right. My friends got to actually pick who went with me. So I create like just something really created and made up out of thin air. I love it because as you're speaking, I remember uh, being on a walk because I'm in a little little walking club, hiking club with Evan and a few other women. And I remember you weren't there, Evan, but Kaylin was there and she was talking about her friend doing this little experiment, like contest, if you will, with her friend, Alex, so that he could meet someone, right? Meet maybe the love of his life. And I remember her talking about it and then seeing it in her stories. And then I remember going on another walk, like a few weeks later when Evan was there. And I don't think Kaylin was there. And Evan was like, yeah, I entered into this contest to go to Tulum with this guy. And so it was really this funny thing. I was like, what? Yeah, I just heard about this contest. And you've, you know, so it was really cute to, yeah, hear your side of it as you're mm-hmm. creating this with your friends and bringing in judges. And so, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more of, yeah, this process. Yeah, well, I'll just share from my end. So while I was not the one who created the, the process itself, right, that was Alex's inspired invention, um, it certainly still felt for me like it took something. It took some some courage. It took some bravery. It took some willingness to get outside my, my comfort zone and the ways that I had been dating and connecting to sign up, right? It, it wasn't like swiping right on an app. It was filling out an entire form, sharing about myself and what I was looking for and my patterns and even just imagining when I hit submit on that application. And of course I had no idea. Alex and I had never met, no idea if we would connect, no idea if I was what he was looking for and vice versa, no idea who else would be part of this whole process. But I knew that there was at least a possibility in me hitting submit that a couple months later, I could be going to Tulum for two weeks with this man, this stranger at the time. Right. <laughs> um, and, and that strange was strange actually- man. Right, right. And that was what excited me about it was the fact that it felt a little edgy for me, that it felt like, um, yeah, here's this part of my life kind of similar to Alex, like so many other things in my, in my business, in my community, right. I had really created what I wanted. And while I felt like I was, and in many ways I was showing up, like really putting myself out there and showing up for the love, the relationship that I wanted, and taking my own work as a dating coach, right, into, into that area of my life, there was this sense of like, okay, I want a next level relationship. I want a, a partnership that's 
above and beyond anything I've ever experienced. And I've had thriving relationships, right? I've had, I've had love, but I wanted something that was like so expansive and so next level. And so this feeling of like, oh, you know, similar to what Alex was saying, I need to take action in this part of my life that mirrors that like action that's next level, that's expansive, that's beyond right ways that I've showed up before. What I'm curious about is were you like, I want to meet my soulmate. I want to meet my, you know, baby daddy. Like, and I asked this question because when I, I remember when I, I was like 37 when I, and I was still single and I'd been single for a while. And I just remember making the choice. Like I am ready. I'm on a mission. I'm going to treat this like a job. And I read this book and it was said something to like uh, redate three people at the same time. It had all the, and I remember like I did everything this book said and I was on a mission. I like, it was like a full, another Mm full-time job for me. And so I'm curious, were you like, this might be fun. I might have a fun trip. Or were you both at this point where you're like, I'm ready to settle down? Like how, what level was your commitment here? So I was really clear that I was ready. I, I, I had been engaged in my early thirties and I was not ready. I was, pre- I was prematurely engaged, let's say. <laughs> and I think like societal pre- pressures, right? Nothing wrong with this woman, but like societal pressures, when you think you're supposed to do things the way my life was going, I just made a decision. I like in hindsight can see that wasn't made for the right reasons. And then as I moved through my thirties, the work I was doing on myself and even the relationship that I was in the next one, I was really clear I wanted to be in in my final relationship, right? I wanted to be with somebody and create a life with them. And I was working really hard to make that happen. And that relationship didn't work out. And when that didn't work out, one of the things I noticed was that it was the first time dating wasn't at all fun. It was, I was really sleep. I was going on dates and I was like sleepwalking Mm -hmm. through them. And I imagine I was a terrible date for a lot of these women that I would go out with. And a lot of them, right, weren't right for me either. But it was the energy, the attitude. It was just so not, and and you're never going to meet someone like that because you're not, first of all, that's not how anybody, nobody's going to be excited about you when you're not even excited about what you're Mm -hmm. up to. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing for me was realizing I want my life to be fun. I want it to be adventurous and that those words mean different things for everyone, but you're whatever that means for you. For me, that's what it was. And I went, I have to find a way to make dating that so I can find a woman who wants that also. Right. So when we created this contest, this, ex- it really was an experiment. I really related to it as an experiment, not a con- as an experiment, not a contest. There was the thought of the woman that wins this or the women that apply have to somewhat fit into what I'm looking for because I am creating kind of a steep gradient of an adventure, right? You're going with somebody you relatively would have just met for two weeks to another country. There's a lot of people that are like a hard no to that and a hard stop. It filters out a certain type of person, first mm-hmm. of all. Yeah. I, and I had to, I really had to embody this too, because if you think about picture a man putting himself online going... I have two tickets to Tulum to go to this wedding. I got all this stuff paid for. I'm looking for a woman to go with me. There's a lot of ways that that could be interpreted as what a douchebag, who does this guy think he is? You know, what makes him like, like a woman could take herself to Tulum. Why does she need, you know, why does she need to win this contest? Right. It's not like a TV show organized thing. It's just some guy. And because 
I believe that I was really committed to finding the person, the person I want to be with, but also fun and adventure that came right through Mm-hmm. to the to women and and men and women who were sharing it who weren't even interested mm-hmm. which was probably the m- most incredible part of the experiment was seeing how people were responding to it coming to me and going I can't believe how you put yourself out there this is so brave this is so courageous this is amazing I want to do something like this the amount of women that that threw their sisters their daughters their moms like in the ring was pretty mind blowing to hear that. That's pretty flattering. Mm-hmm. And I did. I really didn't relate to it as because of me. Like it wasn't that I'm so special. It was the way I showed up that had me, that had people be drawn to this adventure basically. I, I love that you brought that up because a moment ago you talked about like how you're bored with dating and showing up and sort of like going through the motions. And there was a certain type of energy right? That you brought. And so obviously you're attracting (laughs) a certain type of person with that energy. And so going into this experiment made you step up into this like next level version of yourself or the version of yourself that you wanted to be like the match for the person that you call in. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think too, that something that's so powerful about this whole experience and the the feeling of it was the same on my end of like a deep readiness, a deep desire for my, you know, for partnership, for creating a home and a life and a family with someone. And the way in which I wanted to approach that and create that was through fun and adventure, right? I had actually set an intention for myself earlier that summer, like a month or so before I ever heard of Alex and the Tulum dating adventure experiment to bring fun and adventure and play back into my dating life. So where I think a lot of people get stuck is they see the like readiness, desire, commitment to partnership and fun and adventure as, um, has like two separate paths, right. As mutually exclusive. It's like, Oh, are you just looking for fun? Meaning casual, right. We associate that with like casual hookups, no intention. Um, just like get out there and play and have fun or, We go into dating like it's my job. This is a chore. Get, you know, go on as many interview like dates as possible and suck the fun right out of this so that you can be serious about finding committed partnership. And I see that a ton in my work with women, right? That it's like this switch flips when they're looking for, you know, the one. And then all of a sudden the whole process gets so heavy and we, and we get in our own way. Not only then do we not enjoy the journey, but we we actually, right, aren't even fully present on our dates. We're not, we don't have the energy that really allows us to be fully open-hearted and to connect. So yeah, bringing, bringing the intention of fun and adventure and holding the deep desire. I, I think, yeah, Alex and I were just in our own separate worlds, having such similar kind of awakenings around that intention and how we were showing up for it. And, and, you know, I think energetically, right. That had us really align. Yeah, I love that you brought up like the both and instead of the either or, you know, before I came a mom, kind of the same situation. I saw these people, you know, um, having kids and then letting it stop them from doing stuff, you know, and I just remember setting that intention with my husband. We were like, we are going to continue to like have fun. Like we were just talking to our son, he's seven. And we're like, Bodhi, because we're doing a music festival in Maine. We're like, do you realize you've been to a music festival in 
Hong Kong, Thailand, Australia, you know, California, and, you know, because he really loves music festivals. But just saying that, because I think that we do get into this mindset of like, I can have this, but I can't have that. And like, just saying, fuck it, I can have, I can have it all, you know? And looking at like, what's the, what's the energy of the thing you want? So for both of us, while yes, we wanted um, a committed partnership, we wanted depth, we also both wanted our relationship, this relationship that we were separately envisioning to feel fun and alive and adventurous and playful. So doesn't it make sense that the, the creation of that, the approach to finding that and exploring that, we, we would want to infuse it with the same qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than like, oh, I want this fun, adventurous, playful relationship. Let me hunker down and like go through this miserable process and hope I magically end up with fun and adventure and play and aliveness at the end of it. Yeah. And you guys are in love and it's beautiful to see. And, <laughs> and it sounds like this magical, like fairy tale, because it is. And I know that it couldn't have always been like fluffy and roses <laughs> and sparkly. Don't say I, that. don't say that it's perfect everything's perfect we just say everything's perfect and we pretend everything's perfect that everything's perfect there's too much of that alex we gotta like we gotta bring it home make it real even in the experiment and the process of it it wasn't all roses and fairy tales and and happiness and excitement there were two moments during the contest that i kind of had like little breakdowns Mm. one was there are actually three. One was at first, the first people that were applying were seemed so far from what I was looking for that I started to question what I was doing. And my mentor said, you're like really onto something. Just stick with it. Just because the first people that walk in the room are, are not, don't seem like what you're looking for. Doesn't mean you, you know, you throw out the whole thing. And he was spot on. He, you know, he, he also gave me the, the reflection of if you walked into a room with a hundred people, how many would you really be interested in? Maybe 10 to 20, right? 10 to 20% of a whole room of people. So think of your, this experiment you're doing, it's likely going to have some similar characteristics to that. That was the first was like, wait, am I going about this all wrong? The second was then it really shifted and a lot of women started to show up. And then that fear of not being good enough, Mm. disappointing people really came out and I couldn't receive all the attention. And another mentor of mine reminded me, this is a great practice of you just being able to receive. Your life is going so well. And now you have this other area that's, that's really blooming really fast. Can you be with all of the sensations of all of the, this attention you're getting, this love you're getting, this Mm people wanting to be with you and talk to you and all these things, right? And that was really tough. And then the third thing was how the desire that I started to like receive from women by putting myself out there in this new way and showing up from fun and play, it also had me go out into the world and be noticed in ways that I wasn't. So as I'm now in this contest and I'm really trying to be focused on these, on the women like Evan that are, that are playing the game with me, I would walk into a bar and two women would walk up to me out of nowhere and be like, are you with anyone? That's not an everyday thing that women are, are just kind of like, like kamikaze it right up to men. And that typically, typically my experience in, in situations is, is women relate to me as intimidating and don't ever approach me. And I was being approached at a level that I had never been approached. 
And what I realized was who I was showing up as was, was actually my being in regular life too, right? So I was like exuding a level of confidence, a level of play, a level of vulnerability and openness that had people want to, specifically women, want to talk to me and had, and, and had whatever wall that I normally had up be down that they felt like they could. And I couldn't be with that either. And that was like, wait, this is like too, I felt like almost like I was drowning. And right, my ego was loving it. But I also knew, I, I was aware enough to know that my ego was just going to use it and get me in a lot of trouble and screw this whole thing up. So I'm talking to my therapist, I'm talking to my coach, and I'm getting, and, and my committee about getting really supported around, hey, how can you receive all this love and all this attention and all this desire? And can you keep your ego in check and like, and push these things to the side and really stay focused on this experiment that you put your energy into? You know, through all of that, I heard you refer like back to your therapist and your mentor and your friends and, and having support to all this. So it sounds like your support system was really like crucial in this experiment. I would have for sure blown the whole thing up at one point. There was one point where there were like women in real life and women in the experiment life. Mm-hmm. And my therapist specifically said to me, like well, women you were dating in your yeah, like I was meeting them in real life. Yeah, that yeah, that I was dating, and then there was this experiment, and my therapist said, "You created this thing so intentionally, and now you have these things over here that are pulling your attention away. That like nothing wrong with those those women either, but don't you want to see the thing through that you created intentionally? And do you think that this other thing that you're leaving this like back door open to get out of this commitment or this experiment?" could be a way that you're subconsciously self-sabotaging. And I I really took that and I went, you know what? I got to stick to the thing. Like that's the kind of man I want to be. I want to stick to the thing that I said and the commitment that I had. And look, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but let's see it through. And that was just my own battle, right? Even before we even got here, but I had to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And I really think that applies to everything in life. If you decide you're going to raise your rates in your business, you, the universe is going to be like, really? And it's going to send you people at your old rate in abundance to see if you really want to do that. If you decide that you're going to be healthy, right? We all, we all do this. We're all like, no more ice cream, no more French fries. What happens? Like five of your friends want to do brunch and it's at a place that only serves French fries and milkshakes and whatnot. The universe has this interesting way of when we say what we want, something new, kind of saying, are you sure? Are you serious? And so that practice is is so powerful all over, right? Regardless of whether it's relationships or whatnot. Yeah. It sounds like to the experiment, like you had to constantly check yourself, you had your support. And then it's like, you wanted to step into this. And there were times where you're really tempted to step into the old version or into the last chapter. And so it's like this muscle that you got to like work, you know, and continue to like be in integrity, be in alignment. And I think that's everything you shared was really beautiful. And I'm curious, Evan, like what we're now I've got to know what your growth mm-hmm. edges were and like what portals you went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot, <laughs> a lot, you know, one was like, so early on again, because I'm, because I applied for this thing where like the potential culmination of it is this two week trip abroad. Right. So with this, with this person, so my brain really wanted to figure out early on if this was it or not, if this was going to happen or not. Right. Like it felt, it was such a constant practice of, of gently bringing myself back to the present moment. 
of like, wait, I haven't even had a phone call with this person yet. I don't yet have to know. Like I would kind of get freaked out, right? Like, oh my God, did I, am I in over my head that I threw myself in for this thing that might, that I just like have no idea how it's going to turn out, which I think is always the case, right? When you're going on a first date with anyone, you have no idea how it's going to play out, but there's not quite as much, there's not a tentative two week window on your calendar that you're holding, right? A month and a half later. And an application so, process. And an application <laughs> process. And, and, you know, how many people I was sharing it with because it was just so fun and different. And I was shocked by how invested people in my life were getting so early on because everyone, you know, and now looking back, I'm like, of course, this is such a fun story and it's so unique. But yeah, there were just so many people invested. There was such a, you know, in some ways it felt high stakes, right? So I just noticed my, yeah, my brain just like going all over the place, looking for certainty, looking for, um, you know, kind of future tripping. And so it was a really powerful practice over and over to just be like, we're here, we're in the present, right? All that's happening is what's happening today. And really just trusting. Like Trust trusting the process. The process. Mm -hmm. And similarly, it wasn't until the point in the process when Alex and I were actually connecting on, on FaceTime that I started to feel connected to him, right? Kind of up until that point, it was like, oh, this being part of this totally aligns with my intention, fun, play, growth, right? So I kind of threw myself into it for myself, like for my own expansion and, and, and possibility and sending this powerful message to the universe. Like, look, I'm showing up in all different creative ways, but I wasn't attached to Alex. I didn't know him. Yeah. Right. And I, and I had an idea in my head of who he was based on Instagram and based on tidbits from other people, but it was like a totally made up idea. So once we actually started connecting and then it kind of snowballed that we were talking most nights and we were right. Sending little voice notes during the day. And he sent me this, he sent me this romantic song. Was after this we before, or this was after you were like this, chosen? No, this was oh. during the process. So, okay. Yeah. So it, there was maybe like halfway through after we had had, after his committee, you know, a couple of people on his committee had interviewed me and I had passed through their, you know, their approval. And then, then a really cool part of the whole experiment was that the, the women who are still part of it towards the end, we had our friends interview Alex. So I had a couple women in my life have a zoom conversation with Alex to, to vet him for me. Right. To see. If I love this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So that had all happened. And then, you know, somewhere around then we started messaging a little bit on Instagram and then that, you know, we got on a, we got on a phone call, we got on a FaceTime and then, you know, pretty quickly we were just in, in pretty regular communication. So now all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm like feeling really connected to this person. And sure, when you, you know, when you're meeting someone off an app or whatever, maybe there's an assumption that they're seeing other people, that you're both open to other people, but that's different than knowing, oh, he's got seven finalists still. I'm one of seven and he's having calls with other people. And the you were basically the bachelor. I mean, the bachelorette right. and he was yeah. the bachelor. <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful that <laughs> because it, it wasn't like all the women were living in a house together. Right. I actually had no idea, you know, I didn't know who people were and I didn't really something that, su that surprised me and helped me see my own growth was that I actually felt really surrendered around that piece of it. 
like my mind, I think years ago would have been really hung up on who are these other women and how do I match up? You know, how do I measure up to them and my own insecurities around whatever it would be body or being funny enough or being successful enough. Like I'd want to compare. And, and I was really pleasantly surprised that that's actually not where I went through this. Like what helped you to surrender? I think that's just like a big question. People always want to know is like, how do you surrender? How do you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of it, the first thing I'll say, like for me, the foundational thing that I think has me go to that place of comparison and self-judgment less is just all of the work I've done around self-worth, right? Like worthiness, which is the also the foundation of how I work with women in my own programs, courses, coaching, um, like really being in this work and practice of believing that I'm enough as I am, you know, as my body fluctuates, as, you know, whatever else is going on in my life at any given time, um, that has nothing to do with anyone else has nothing to do with comparing myself to other people. Right. It's like, and it, and I, I reiterate that it's a practice because it doesn't, I don't just necessarily wake up feeling like that, right. 24 hours a day, but that sense of like, I know that I deserve an incredible partner. I know that I deserve someone who's an amazing fit for me. So that's kind of the foundation. And then the other piece for me in surrendering, it's a cultivated belief that, that really has become a knowing that things will unfold in my life and, and like my path will continue to unfold the way that it's meant to. And that isn't necessarily always going to look like what I would, what my conscious mind or my ego would like choose for it to look like that day. It never looks like that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So it wasn't this belief of like, I know I'm going to end up with him. It certainly wasn't that, but Mm. it was the belief that if he ends up with someone else in this, you know, through this process, all that would mean for me, all I would choose to make that mean is, oh, this wasn't actually for me at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And I believe that I would have gotten so much from being part of the process. Like I felt my own growth. I felt how this was an incredible container to help me practice surrender and being present and getting really authentic with him and getting really vulnerable with him. And like, there was so much within me that was, that was expanding that I just totally trusted, you know, sure. I, I, I would have felt disappointed, whatever feelings I would have had to navigate. I'm at a place where like, I can handle feeling those feelings. I can lean into my community, right. I would be supported in that. And I believe that regardless, I would have taken such a powerful step forward on my, on my path towards my ultimate person. And of course I'm like thrilled that it was Alex <laughs> and that it all unfolded the way that it did. If he was mine to, to be with, if like we were meant to be together at the end of it, we would. And if we weren't, we wouldn't. And it actually wasn't about someone else swooping in and stealing him or someone being better or someone being prettier. Like that's all just made up stories. I mean, I love the simplicity of, oh, it's not mine. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. to be able to like be at the point, point but I, it takes a level of trust, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's also one other thing I'll say about that. And again, this is like in any area of our lives, when we're able to surrender is also when we can feel really proud of how we're showing up for something. So it's hard to fully surrender or let go when you're, when there's part of you that also feels like, oh, I'm not totally going for it. Meaning if I hadn't felt really proud of how I was leaning in and showing up throughout this process, I might not have been able to totally make peace with 
it not turning out the way that I wanted because I would have had regrets. I would have felt like, oh, well, did I self-sabotage because I, mm. you know, I hid or I went into any other old patterns rather than like, and I, I always tell this to my clients in dating and in relationships. It's like, if you know, if you feel really, really like proud that you're showing up as best you can, right? You're like really putting yourself out there. You're bearing your heart. You're practicing these tools that you have. Um, you're letting someone see you and feel you. Then if it doesn't connect, if it doesn't, you know, if it isn't the thing at the end of the day, you know, there's this, there's a sense of peace of like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's nothing to kind of ruminate on there. Yeah. It just, it, it just is. Right. I think that's a, such an important piece. And I think it applies to anything. It's like, yeah, if you are full in mm-hmm. being your best, whatever that looks like, you can't, you can be at peace because there's nothing else you could have done. Right. There's nothing else that you could have done. I love this story. And we're kind of at the end now where you where you've decided, Alex. I, I didn't, I mean, I guess I decided, but remember, I didn't get to just decide. Oh, so, right. There was this, the, like surrender was happening on my side too. So, oh I, my God, look, this is an important from, piece. And, okay. And from full transparency and Evan knows this, I was seeing, casually seeing one or two women in real life that I had met, like right when this whole thing kind of exploded, I met them. In the course of the exper- in the course of the experiment, I was having conversations online with, let's say, three or four of the seven women at different frequencies. Right? It wasn't I wasn't forcing it. Evan Evan and I talked the most, and I think that was just a mutual. That was like that's where our desire went. But I was having conversations with other women. There was a lot of fear on my side of well, this one is, has all these things that I like, and this one has these things that I like, and this one feels different than normal, and this one feels, right? And knowing that in the ones in the experiment, I wasn't gonna get to pick the winner that my friends were actually choosing. And I would notice I was getting attached in different ways, just like she was future tripping. I'd be like, well, I like this one because of, right? Things that I would notice that it, a lot of it was ego driven, or kind of like shiny object, things that you're just simply drawn to, whether they're a good fit for you or not. And I had to really, I had to really do the work to to surrender that whoever I ended up with, right? So Evan, if, if it didn't work out, you were just out and free to go back to whatever you're doing. I was ending up with somebody. Right. Whether, whether it be one of these women from real life or one of these women from the experiment, somebody was going to get essentially was going to end up. And then there was a fear of what if I like fall in love with one of the women in real life and I have this contest, this you know, experiment. And so there were all these things in my head and I had to keep kind of coming back to it's all going to work out. I, I really believe and I say this and I think I think it's important to to preface it with look if you don't have your basic needs met food air shelter water safety I, I would not apply this statement to you but if you do have your basic needs met when we really look at our life we don't know what good or bad is sometimes good things happen but what happens after is bad sometimes bad things happen and what after is good that we don't know whether things are working for us or not working for us unless you zoom out and can see the whole picture of your life but I believe for most of us, if we accept this, we get what we believe. And if you believe that what life works out for you, it has a way of working out for you. That doesn't mean you won't have some really big bumps in the road on the way, 
I really believe that life works out for me. And, and, that, and that wasn't always the case. I had to learn and really step back and see my life and practice that belief to get it solid. But at this point in the contest or in the experiment, practicing this is going to work out whether it be from, for a learn, from learning and growth, whether it be for my partner, whether it be I meet someone that I never would have met, that who knows, but it will work out. And so I had to, you know, when I ended it with the women in real life, I trusted that it was going to work out regardless. And if, and if it didn't, well, then you'd, it, it would find a way to work out. My friends were going to choose someone that was, that was good. It was going to work out. I was really clear when we got to the end that it was Evan. It was like, I, on our date, I texted the committee, the judges, my friends, and said, if we don't pick her, we're stupid. Like, that's how clear I was on the date. And there was nothing wrong with other people, right? It was just so much more obvious that that Evan was the person for me. And my committee was pretty clear on it, too. They, they didn't really have any qualms or doubts and... So yeah, I mean, luckily, right? Like, luckily, or things always work out <laughs> that they and me were were actually on the same page. You won, Evan. Yeah. Or Alex I, or won. I, or I won. Alex won. Well, okay. I was about to say that too. I was about to say you both won. You both won here. Um, God, it's so beautiful. And what I love, I love this story, but I also love what happened next. From this, you got inspired to have the courage to create. <laughs> something for other people to go through something just like this. It would be so exciting if anybody's listening and would love to have an adventure like this. Evan and Alex have come up with something that's just like mind blowing. So do you want to share about that? Yeah, sure. So throughout the, throughout the process of the experiment and in the weeks following, um, we both, cause I started sharing about it a little bit on my Instagram once it was, once it was over, we both had people messaging us, reaching out in different ways, being like, how do I create this? How do I get in on this? Right. Um, and I think we were both kind of blown away. Like, wow, this is really something new and, and, um, yeah, just felt like so resonant for a lot of people. And so we we also, I, from creating it, it was like, it was a full-time job for a month managing this process and navigating it. So when people would reach out and say, I'm going to copy you and do something like this, I would pretty much be like, good luck. I don't think you even (laughs) realize the energy that got put, but not just the communication, the, the setting it up it didn't happen by accident. This was mm-hmm. energy. I put energy into this and that energy got picked up and excited other people, which then had it get bigger and bigger, which also made it more and more energy and work to do. We had that and we realized like, Hey, people could try to do this and some might have great success, right? We're not rocket scientists over here, but I don't think people realize the intention that went into this, the intentionality that this just wasn't like, Hey, I'm looking for a mate and I put it up online and it went viral. Yeah. Yeah. And once we were in, you know, at first it was like, Oh wow, this worked for us to meet each other. Right. Then by the time we got to Tulum, which was let's say six weeks later, right. So we dated for about a a month and a half before we went on this trip together, once we're in, in Tulum and, and in love and right, we're like, whoa, this process not only had us meet, but it actually created this incredible foundation for our relationship. Like here we are six weeks in feeling so deeply connected, feeling we're both more vulnerable and open in ourselves with each other than we've ever been with partners before. 
um, we, you know, we've, we're like already connected with each other's communities through this process. It just was, so we're having these conversations, just reflecting on it as we go through the trip. And it was actually on a, our layover. We're sitting in a, in a restaurant in the airport and, um, all of a sudden it, we just, it starts like pouring out of us that we're like, Whoa, we can really see what this, what this process, what this program could look like for us to be able to support other people through it. Because to Alex's point, aside from all of the logistics of it, which I don't think most people would want to take on themselves. It also, as we've been talking about for this whole, you know, this whole conversation, it was so much of the, the inner work that we've both done and us being supported by our communities and mentors. It was all of that that allowed for it to work, right? It wasn't just the structure because if we just plucked anyone out of the world and gave them the, the pieces, the structure of it, like we both talked about, there were a million ways that it could go sideways, that, that well, people would be tempted to self-sabotage or that people would just repeat their same yeah. patterns. Yeah, you're going to do what you always do in whatever structure. People, you know, they think it's why people hate dating apps, right? They just keep playing out their same thing on this new thing, hoping it's going to go differently. The app is nothing. I often think, you know, if you've used a hammer your whole life to hurt people with it, well, hammer is not a bad thing, right? We could build homes for people that don't have homes, but if you're only accustomed to using something in one way, to have it, to use it in another way, being that the way you communicate with people or, or work with the opposite sex or the same sex, just because you have a different tool, you're still gonna use it the same way. And I think that was a really big key here. Of how do we create this so that not only can we give someone the structure, but have the structure and our support, have it go differently for them. Mm -hmm. It's us getting to really support people through all of the, the pillars we identified of like what had this be successful, right? The level of intentionality, the clarity on who we were looking for, the vulnerability, the community support and accountability, um, right? The creativity of it, the, the comfort zone expansion of it. And so really doing that deeper work with people and then having them create their own committee, um, us getting to put all the pieces in place for them to have their own, you know, adventure, adventure. Yeah. Which is why it's called your love adventure. <laughs> it's so perfect. So your love adventure, is it something you're doing now? Is it something that's coming out later? It's happening now. So yeah. there's, okay. we, we just recently launched like the Instagram and the website at your, your love adventure or your love adventure.com. Mm -hmm. And we just did our first kind of announce like we had right when we shared with you we had all these people that wanted that were sharing I want to do this or people that really followed along and so we very specifically invited a very small group of people to come join us for a call where we presented for the first time together this whole program and what we see and what we want and we're launching in March all of the spots except one for our our kickoff group were filled on that very first call we hosted people investing in themselves, people being such a yes to taking this ride, which I think, I mean, we were both absolutely blown away um, and just and shows freaked out. and freaked out <laughs> all of that when you want something new, right? And you're like, oh shit, now we have to do this. Now we have to follow through and create this, um, which I think comes up again, like for so many of us, every time we launch something new, there's part of us that's like, well, maybe it won't work. And then I can just go back into my bubble comfort zone over here. 
um, no, we're like really stepping into this and to just feel how excited people were and are about taking their own adventure here about, you know, getting to, getting to play in this new way. And for us to now bring, you know, have, have our relationship expand into this new area and to get to collaborate together in, in business and to support people together. It's just, it's really, it's really, really special. Oh my gosh. So if you're listening to any of this right now and you're like, I want in on it, I want to learn more about it. Do they, can they contact you? Do they go to the website? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. If they go to the website, yourloveadventure.com at the bottom of the page, there's an interest questionnaire to fill out. And it just has, has you share a little bit with us about you and, and what you want and your patterns and what you're interested in. And that's a great place to get started so that we can kind of keep you posted as things unfold and, and invite you in. Um, you can also just reach out to us, DM us on Instagram, um, at your love adventure or either of our personal Instagrams to connect, you know, we're just so excited. It feels like we're really, um, it feels like we're really co-creating this with the people who come into our, you know, into the program, because it is, it is an experiment. It is an adventure, right. On, on all of our sides, because this is brand new. We are, we're also really clear. We're, we're not matchmakers, right? We're not promising anybody, Hey, we are going to find you this. We can't, that's not, we're actually inviting people into what I love about the term adventure is what makes something an adventure is you don't know what's going to happen next, right? If you knew what was going to happen, it wouldn't be an adventure. There's <laughs> nothing. We're inviting people into an adventure in their own lives, but also with us and that we may find you love, right? In partnership. We're not going out there and finding you people. Yeah. You would be finding you love actually with our support. Yeah. So we may be able to do that in partnership together. We, and we might not, we don't know, but what we do know is that you'll grow and you'll mm -hmm. expand and the person that you'll be will be different than the person that you were. And especially in the area of love and dating, the person you're gonna start showing up as, the person you're gonna start connecting with people as is gonna be more intentional and more specific. And if, it, if you end up you know, doing the work with us and end up back on dating apps or however you find dating, you're gonna be doing it differently. And that's mm -hmm. something that we're so clear on. You are a changed person when you come out the other side of an adventure, whether it's a rafting mm. trip, right? Or like climbing a mountain, like there's some, there's something that you go through and you are different. And so I love this piece of it, that it's not just like a game show, you know, it's not just like this fun yeah. thing and it's like a transformational journey. And I think this is so special. And I, I can think of so many people that'd be so great for this. And so I'm excited. Well, there's so one spot. I know there's one spot. So, um, well, okay. And, and just the fact that you both are coaches, right. That you're both coaches and that you support people in, in this way is amazing. Um, I, so that's being said that you're both coaches. Is there anything else that you may be offering up individually or want to share? Yeah, sure. I will share since we touched on the worthiness piece for me as being really foundational, right. For me to believe I was deserving of this level of partnership and to have the confidence to put myself out there and, and the mindset that supported this, this type of connection. Um, my course wake up your worth is a really wonderful kind of first step into that world because it's, it's 10 empowering weeks. It's self-paced, but it really has you dive deep into cultivating unshakable worthiness and, and breaking through the fears, like fears of rejection and breaking through comparison and all of the other things that kind of keep us on the, 
the hamster wheel of looking for external validation and, and right. Like uh, approaching dating and other areas of our lives from fear. So yeah, wake up your worth would be, if anyone listening is like, wait, there's an, there's definitely a next level for me of, of worthiness and confidence in my authenticity and, and feeling brave to put myself out there. I would so love to invite any women specifically that program or courses is, is for women into that world. Yes. Evan's an amazing coach. I've heard so much amazing feedback mm-hmm. from your clients. And so that'll be an amazing course. And then what about you, Alex? So I work with men or women, but typically they are the, you know, the, the people who have been focused on high performance, they success was where they hung their hat. So whether it be success being money or family, they have run through life checking those boxes. And often they're, you know, the cool kids or the popular, right? They've, they've like created the structure of this life that most people would look at and go, oh my God, I'm so jealous of that. I want that life. And I think that most of the people that come to work with me find that they've done all that and yet their life still isn't fulfilling or isn't working or isn't happy or their relationships are broken. They've, they've amassed this amazing life, yet they don't feel like they're living an amazing life or they're kind of on the verge of blowing it up somehow, blowing up the marriage. And so people typically work with me one-on-one. And one of the things I love is it's all about creating a thriving life. So my clients will find that they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I really need to work on my relationship or create some balance, but they're really afraid that they're going to lose the success they've created. And we really get to look at, hey, we can make you more money. We can also make your relationship a lot better. We can also make your relationship with your kids and your, your leadership and your coworkers or whatever it is, the company you own, be at a place where you actually feel good about it and enjoy it. And I think that, that for me, it's helping people go on that adventure, mm-hmm. that their life can be successful and enjoyable at the same time. Me too, making this world a better place. <laughs> now you're together, even more powerful. All right, I'll have everything in the show notes, all the links, all the things. And I just so appreciate you both and sharing your story. It's so inspiring. And I just love your honesty and vulnerability. And so I appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Claudia. Yeah, thanks for having us on on your first interview episode. I know. So I, it didn't totally suck. This is amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you check them out. And if you want to dive deeper with me, you can contact me or check out my website at www.claudiawhitney.com. And I'll see you next time. Much love. <laughs>